be like hey you know like come into my discipleship group it's like dude if, if you haven't been a christian your whole life you're like you're not gonna do anything like that to me like i don't know what that is like so what are you talking I, about right yeah, the church freaks people out you know or, yeah. or we have like insider language and so because everything happened for me it was kind of like it was just the next thing that happened and i was just like, kind of along for the ride i realized that i think the church could be so much more effective if we were just like normal people who loved the lord and walked in the light and was salt and light Welcome to the special Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio, featuring Pastor Daniel Fusco and host Billy Hallowell. Each week we share a conversation between Daniel and Billy and sometimes a special guest will join in. Everyone wants to make a difference in the world in big and small ways. Well, today Pastor Daniel shares that one way to do that is to invite people to live life alongside you as you walk with God. Coming together to learn how to follow God with your whole self will make a huge impact, just like it did in Pastor Daniel's life. Now, here's Pastor Daniel and Billy with the Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio. In all your seeking of understanding, it would be really intellectually honest for you to do that without including Jesus. That's really interesting. So he's almost like challenging you. So thank God you didn't show up. You had this moment. So you've never like reconnected with this guy like since then? No. Like, like, that'd I, be I, really I cool know, like, to find him. That time was so blurry. I don't even know his name. Like that would be crazy for you to like, to, maybe he's listening. Right. But to like reconnect with him, like how cool would that be? And to like have anyway. So he, he challenges you and then you're thinking, what I'm thinking, He's like, I mean, I'm from New Jersey, so like challenge and confrontation is normal. Like, and so I'm like, I should read it. And so literally my mom passes away at the end of that semester. And as we're like asking for my mom's stuff, I'm like, I just want the little Red Gideon's Bible that I used to read to my mom. So she'd go to sleep when it was really bad. So I took, and I just started, I, I asked one of my buddies, I'm like, where do I read? And like, we'll start reading Matthew's gospel. I'm like, Okay. And so I just like, I would read Matthew's gospel. I'm like, well, what else do you do? And like, well, you should pray that if God's real, he should show himself to you in a way that you could understand. And I'm like, okay. So I started doing that and nothing happened. Like I read the Bible and I was shocked by the Jesus of the Bible as opposed to like the Jesus of the religions of the Western world class and the Jesus who I had kind of grown up, like the, the skinny Jesus on the crucifix on the back of the church where you're just like, that guy needs a sandwich like that right. was what my young mind thought and so i was kind of shocked by jesus but then along the way you know in the springtime of my final year of college jesus just kind of revealed himself to me in a way that i could understand and that kind of really began the journey so it was like i had friends sharing with me i had a professor i had life circumstances all these it just started things. to come together like these different it's like a puzzle right it starts to come together and then I actually love this because so many people, their stories, it's like, which is great. Like I had this moment and I said this prayer and it, and like I started living my life right after that. And it's very instantaneous for some people, but I love people's, and of course it's more complicated than that usually, but I love the stories where it's like, well, it was this and it was this, and it kind of like all came together 
So was there that final like tipping point for you? Was there one thing or did it just kind of happen like that? Yeah. I mean, in some ways my, like when I said yes to Jesus, I didn't even know what that even meant. And because it wasn't coming through a church, like it was like, I didn't even like, like, it was kind of like, I was, I just like, I said yes to Jesus. And I remember like, as time was rolling on, like I was seeing this girl at this time and I, and, and she was like, one, one of my buddies who became a Christian was talking to her about Jesus and she was getting really like kind of angry at him. And I'm like, no, no, no. And I'm like saying, I'm like, no, no, you, you're taking it this way, but really what he's saying is this and this. And he, and what he's saying is this and this. And my buddy's like, dude, like, are you a Christian? And I'm like, uh, maybe like, I think so. Like, I don't even know what that means. Like it was just so like, so everything was kind of just happening and I didn't even know what it meant. Cause it wasn't like, I was like, listen, okay. Cause like I'm partying like a crazy person, you know, I'm getting ready to graduate college. I'm going to go into a career in music. So I'm playing four or five gigs a week. And so that and was so, your plan full-time like music, that was full-time your music. And so I graduated college. So I get saved. I graduate college like four or five weeks later, but I'm like, it's the end of college. I've been partying all the way through college. So all my buddies like, let's go crazy. And I'm like, let's go crazy. And, 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 and we were doing that. But at the same time, like I'm starting to read the Bible. And what happened for me was that as I started walking with Jesus, like the spirit of God was convicting me, but I was just like, well, why, why don't I want to get hammered right now? I'm still getting hammered, but why don't I want to, you know, I have all these pretty girls around and, and this is cool. Like, but I'm like, but why don't I really, and why aren't I enjoying this anymore? And I didn't even know, like nobody was like, Hey, that's the conviction of the Holy spirit. And right. that happens, you're supposed to turn. Like I hadn't even gotten any of that stuff yet. Like I was just like reading like, wow, like Jesus fed 5,000 men with like five loaves and two fish. How do you pull that off? Like, I didn't even know I was like a blank slate and I was reading this stuff for the first time. So for me, the journey was, it took some time for the spirit of God to kind of place those guardrails around me. And so really for like the next, gosh, you know, year and a half, it was like, like I was seeing a girl and I'm like, yeah, me and you can't be physical anymore. She's like, well, you don't think I'm attractive? I'm like, no, no, you're beautiful. But it just doesn't feel right. But I didn't know why. So that's crazy though, that you were able to go and, and this is the evidence. Whenever people ask for evidence of the gospel, it's like, I see it in, obviously you have miraculous situations, but I see it in people's conversion stories because that's where you have people do the most unbelievable things. Like you went from a partier, a guy who's partying, who's going crazy to a guy who's like, I can't even do anything physical with my girlfriend. And you had, you know, you, you go from doing these things to not, that is so compelling to me. And you can't even explain why in that moment, but you're being changed. Right. And that, that is powerful. So you, you then step into this world and you become a Christian and I, sh- and I'm sure that there's a lot of other details there, but like, at what point are you like, Hey, now I'm going to be a pastor. Like, how does that happen? How does yeah. that even happen to somebody? Yeah. I want to know. That wasn't supposed to happen. So like, I'm going, I'm going to this great church and I'd moved from New Jersey to, uh, I was living in Southern Oregon at the time. And my goal was still to, to pursue a career in music. And so, you know, I get plugged into to church and God's doing a work in my life. And I remember at this church, you know, I really loved it because I'd never been to a church like this where it's like the music was good. Like, so like, that was the first thing I go to these churches and I'm like, oh, like I'm a musician. And so like to use the Christian word, like I'm carnal, I'm, like I'm worldly. You know what I mean? But I'm a baby Christian. And like, I go in and the music's horrible, you know? And I'm like, oh, I can't do this. Like, if this is Christianity, this is going to be rough. Like, <laughs> like I'm out. I can't. Um, yeah, I couldn't do it. I probably go to a church and it's like a great band. I'm like, yeah, there's like, like, this is cool. You know, and I remember the pastor came on out and he was like wearing flip flops and he's just like, hey, like open your Bible to Luke's gospel. And he starts talk, like teaching and talking. And I'm like, 
hey, like this guy was surfing in Hawaii. Like <laughs> this is, I didn't know guys like were like this. Like I had no clue. Cause I was used to like maybe a priest. He wouldn't really talk to you. Like it was weird. It was different, you know? And so, so I was, I kind of got, I got into it and they used to have this meet and greet time at the church, you know, in the, in the middle of the worship time. And so I remember reading things in scripture and just being like, Hey, I should go do that. Like it was that simple. It was just like, so like at the meet and greet time, you know, and I'm the only guy who looks like me in the church. I got beard, I got dreads, you know, like, and so I'm just like, I stick out like a sore thumb, <laughs> but like, I would just look around the, the, the room. Now I know they call it a sanctuary and I'd be like, who, who's not talking to anybody or who looks sad. And so I just go over there and say, Hey, you know, Hey, my, my name's Daniel. What's your name? Hey, I couldn't help but notice. Are you okay? You know, like, and not trying to do anything. And people would just start sharing their lives. And I'm like, well, hey, can I, can I pray for you? And it wasn't, I was like, hey, Lord, we bust this, you know, bust Johnny over here. And he's. It's crazy all- how your whole story is like, it's happening to you and you don't even realize it's happening to you until it's happened. Like, are yeah. you a Christian? I, I think I might be, right? Like, are you a pastor? Um, I think I'm going to be. Like, I think it's. I remember, like, people would say to me, like, you're going to make a great pastor. And I'm like, Bro, I'm a bass player. Like, I'm gonna be on the right. cover of magazine. Like, forget that. And I remember all of a sudden the senior pastor one time in the meet and greet time, he points at me and he's like, and I'm like, me? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm getting thrown out of church. Like, I can't believe they're stay <laughs> this. this is it. You know, and, and he calls me, like, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean, what am I doing? And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, you told me to come talk to you. And he's like, no, whenever we have these times, I notice you're always like going around talking to someone and praying for them. What are you doing? I'm like, well, I just think, isn't that what Jesus would do? And he started laughing. He's like, yeah. He's like, what are you doing tomorrow? And I'm like, uh, is Monday? Like, I don't know. I'm like, I don't got any gigs. Like, he's like, I need, I need help from someone to go to Costco and pick up some stuff for the church. Can you come help me? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, and I'll buy you a hot dog. And oh, I'm that's like, a death. Then you're in. I mean, there's well, no. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, well, I, I'm a vegetarian. Cause I've been, I had been a vegetarian <laughs> when I was in college, you know? And I'm like, I'm a vegetarian. He's like, well, I'll buy you an ice cream cone. I'm like, yeah, he's like, do you mind if I eat a hot dog? I'm like, yeah, man, I don't care. Like, and, and he started discipling me, but didn't call it discipleship. He just, and, and literally like, we were talking, we talked about life and this, and you get my story. And, you know, and really what I realized is that like, if you would have said, Hey, I'm going to disciple you, I'd have been like, uh, you're not going to do anything. Well, like, see, that's what, that's what these words sometimes. And I know we have words for things because we're trying to describe them, but we become like obsessed with the terminology of something. And then the program that falls under it. And there's something about it that my whole Christian life, I've always been uncomfortable with certain things like that. I don't know why it's just like, well, just do it. Like, why are we talking about it? Why? Of course you could be intentional, but I think we get so consumed with that with the title of it. And are you in a program? Are you in a discipleship program? And here's the program I'm starting or I'm in. And here you are. The guy just came and was like, Hey, come get an ice cream cone. Cause you wouldn't eat a hot dog. And then you got, and then he, you just start moving into it. I mean, that's amazing. Well, in a lot of ways, it's really helped me as a pastor because like, I think one of the things that God does in, you know, I love watching what God does through, through the work that he's doing is that a lot of what I do is because like, I just assume that most churches are geared for people who are Christians who want the program and the titles and all the language has to be right. And that's a diminishing subset of our world today, especially in America. In some ways, like we design church for the rest of us. So like, like I, I, no one's going to be like, Hey, you know, like come into my discipleship group. It's like, dude, if, if you haven't been a Christian your whole life, you're, like, you're not going to do anything like that to me. Like, I don't know what that is. Like, so what are you talking I, about? Right. Yeah, the church freaks people out, you know, or, yeah. or we have like insider language. And so 
because everything happened for me, it was kind of like, it was just the next thing that happened. And I was just like kind of along for the ride. I realized that I think the church could be so much more effective if we were just like normal people who loved the Lord and walked in the light and was salt and light. And we didn't like make everything so like, well, like, and so like, big. but with that, like not to interrupt you, but I have to, cause like you just made something come to my mind, like the way we hold pastors up, not that we shouldn't, but the way that we put pastors in this position where, and I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but I feel like I've been in churches where we've done this, where it's like that pastor can do no wrong. It's almost like you don't see them as a person anymore. And I feel like that's gotta be a burden that's heavy and difficult. And I see how that could be a challenge for some for some pastors to, to be seen that way, because you're a human being too. You're a sinful human being too. And yes, you are the leader of the church. Um, but I don't know. I feel like maybe if we didn't do that and maybe I'm wrong, but to the level we do it, that some pastors would be able to have accountability more and avoid some of the pitfalls that we've maybe seen hit some pastors. Am I wrong? Am I crazy? No, I, I think you're right. I also think part of it is a cultural thing and with the different generations, because I know like for my parents' generation, everything was about this person's a specialist. So it's like you go to the professional. And mm. so in in that culture, the the pastors became like, they, they are the professional Christians. And so- you know, you, you don't want to go to the doctor's office and the doctor's like, yeah, man, like, like, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. I got my own issues. You just like, do I got a health problem. I don't know what it is. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you don't want to go to that doctor. You want the doctor like, man, this is what you have and here's your medicine. And, right, and so right. I think now the younger generation really values honesty and vulnerability. And I think the downside of the professional Christian view is that you have a pastor who can do no wrong. And so instead of saying, Hey, this is something we're all dealing with. He's like, now you in your marriage, you husbands have to love your wife as Christ loved the church. And he's never allowed to say, and I really struggle with this because nobody wants to hear that. Now, in a lot of ways for me, it helps me because nobody at Crossroads puts me on this pedestal. Cause I, I'm always telling them like, man, listen, I'm a bonehead. Like, like I'm a, like, I'm a knucklehead. Like, <laughs> like, like, Hey man, you think this is what I did the other day. And, and it's not disqualifying, but sure, it's just like, sure. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better dad. I want to be yeah. a better pastor. I don't want to get frustrated at people when they do something. I want I want to be more long suffering. Like, but like I'm willing, I'm okay to say that. And so, in a lot of ways, I think there's more. I think pastors feel more freedom to be flawed, but still moving in their gifts. And so, like for me, like like people laugh at crossroads all the time because they're like, Pastor Daniel, like you're just like the rest of us. I'm like, dude, we're all like, there's. But that's the point, right? Like, I mean, sinners yeah. in need of savior. You know, like this is simple. That's the cool thing about your story, though, too, is that, I mean, a lot of people, like, I grew up in the church, right? So I, it wasn't until I got to, like, college where I was like, okay, now I actually have to own this, right? I've made a bunch of mistakes now. I've been walking through life saying, I'm a Christian because my parents are Christians, and they took me to church. And, you know, and then you're on your own, and you're like, oh, no, I really need to, like, make a decision on this. I think when you have a story like yours, though, it just speaks to that. Like you went through all these things, you went through normal life, you were crazy. You And then I just love the way that God like reached you and brought you in, not only into the church, into ministry in an amazing way as an author, as you know, a pastor. And so let me, let me ask you this, because we flash forward a bit here. I mean, there's a million other things I could ask you about your story, but, I, but what are some of the challenges to being a pastor, to being that person in charge of the church that people are looking up to? Well, I always tell people that the, my, the biggest problem with church is me, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, just like I, I'm my own worst nightmare. And so I always say that the problem with having blind spots is that the only person who doesn't know that you have a blind spot is the person who has it. And so it's like when, when you're driving, you get an accident because someone's in your blind spot, 
Like, I'm so grateful for the blind spot monitor on the newer cars where it's like when someone's in the blind spot, I'm like, dude, that would be so good to have in my brain. Like, I like, like the self-driving car. I mean, like, if I'm going to be honest, I just want to be driven somewhere. I don't totally I'd rather, trust I'd rather the self-driving car crash than me crash, you know? So, yeah, totally, because I'm not responsible for it. <laughs> so like, I think the hardest part of, of of leading the church is is me and having to get over myself and, you know, um, having, you know, and I also think that, you know, some of the decisions – like, I don't like all of the decisions. Like there are times when I have to make decisions that I have to be prudent and I don't want to be prudent. Like, I just want to be reckless in some way. And so, um, I think in this cultural moment though, I think, you know, I always tell people you need to pray for your, your pastors because, you know, with all the statistics going on now, with all the things going on in the world, discouragement is on the rise or talking about 30 to 40% of pastors quitting in the next you know, a year to year and a half, 20 something to 30 something percent of churches closing, you know, and so um, most pastors are just, I was just on a, a call earlier today with about 20 pastors and almost everyone's discouraged because everything's just all kind of messed up. And so it's just what it is. And so, but, but at the same time, I just, along the way, I'm so grateful that God called me. You know, I always know that, you know, I always tell people that, you know, God won't call you to something that isn't planned to equip you for, um, you know, and, and I'm grateful that I am equipped and I'm being equipped. So it's like, it's not like you, you get equipped one time and then you run with that equipping. I mean, obviously, um, so, I mean, that's, that's growth in Christ. It's like when you get saved, you're justified. It's just as if I'd never sinned, but really then you begin the sanctification process, which is where we're all learning how to experience, uh, what Jesus did for us. It's like the same when you get married, it's like the two become one flesh. Like, yeah, in a spiritual sense and in a, you know, in a social sense and in a legal sense, you become one, but then you spend the rest of your marriage learning how to be one <laughs> and trying you to know? figure out how to navigate the ups and the downs and sometimes the fighting and the, yeah, it, it's a, it's a challenge and it's an amazing thing, but it's a process, right? And there are things that need to be changed along the way in the same way um, with faith that you've got, I got to be a better husband. There are times I make mistakes. I, yeah. So I love that. I love that parallel. So, man, now the last thing I want to I want to ask you about because, and I love that we got to flip this, and actually, I got to like get these questions out of you. Uh, you've got a book coming out, which I think people will be very interested to hear the title of this in light of this podcast. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. Oh, uh, so I'm super excited! So I have a book coming out. It'll be coming out in February 2021, called "Crazy Happy: Nine Surprising Ways to Live the Truly Beautiful Life." I'll be honest, like I'm super excited about it. I mean, you know, really as an author, you know, it's a labor of love to write a book and to, you know, it begins with like, Hey, this is important. And then it's like, okay, I'm going to spend some time like working on this and writing this and then the whole publishing process. And so I'm really excited about it because, you know, that's why we're calling the, the podcast crazy happy because, you know, everybody wants to be happy when someone says, Oh man, everyone just wants to be happy. I'm like, that's a good thing. Like the alternative is being unhappy. And so like, I don't ever want someone to wake up and be like, I want to be unhappy today. I want to have an unhappy life. And so really we explore, you know, what the Bible talks about as, you know, the, a happy life. And so I call it crazy happy because really I call it, it's crazy because God's place, places where happiness is actually found is, it seems crazy to us. It's unexpected. It's surprising. Like where you're like, oh, there's things in there like, you know, mourning is a part of happiness. So it's like, it's like, wait. You're telling me being sad is part of being happy. Yeah, actually, the Bible talks about it a lot or or things like humility. Like nobody ever said, man, like happiness is on the other side of humility. But that's exactly what Jesus said. And so we yeah. explore the Beatitudes, the, the blessed person. 
uh, which is a, which is a, actually a big discussion. That word blessed is the person, blessed are the poor in spirit. It's, oh, how happy is the person in that? So you have the, the Beatitudes with the fruit of the spirit. And I put them together and it's it's really, really quite provocative. Well, I'm excited for it and um, I'm pumped. I'm pumped to read it and to dive into it. And I know everyone else will be as well. So that's it. I'm done drilling you with questions now. Well, that's you know, Billy, one of these times when we're going to come out, I'm going to start drilling you. We're going to, we're going to talk about little Billy Hallowell, man, you know, growing up in New York. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to do that. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, everybody on behalf of both Billy and myself, great to have you along. And, and even as you know, Billy has been asking me about my story. Listen, God wants to leverage your story, the journey that you've been on and, and God wants to do a work not only in you, but also through your story. And so I think one of the keys for all of us is like to become comfortable with, hey, this is the journey that I've been on. And as I said at the beginning, you know, a biography is when we tell our story where we're the center, but really a testimony is when Jesus is the center. And I think that's really what God wants to do in all of our lives is he wants to bring, he wants us to see our lives as even in the parts that Jesus, we didn't believe in Jesus or we were in rebellion against Jesus. God does such an amazing uh, redemptive work in our stories. And I think that's part of the discipleship process is where we get to see our stories through the lens. Like, yeah, I got all that wrong, but God, yeah, that didn't, that wasn't what I was supposed to be doing, but God taught me this through this. And God has, has formed in my life things that he's finds useful today. And so I really want to encourage you to talk through your story and, and, and don't be ashamed of your story because, you know, Jesus on the cross took our sin, took our shame, on himself to set us free, that we could become children of God. And uh, just like the apostle Paul, I mean, he can't go back and, and not have persecuted the church, but you see all through his letters, that part of his life becomes part of the journey and part of the testimony. You look at the apostle Peter. Yeah, he did deny Jesus, but yet look at how God used him. And and, and when Jesus restored him, now all of a sudden that, that time of failing becomes of time that God fortifies him. And that's true for all of us. And so thanks for checking out the podcast. Don't forget, if you're new to us, hit the subscribe button wherever you pick it up so this content gets to you. If you're enjoying it, listen, please leave positive feedback. It helps people discover it. Let people know about it. Hey, just share it with someone. Just take the screenshot. Say, hey, I've been checking out this new podcast, Crazy Happy with Daniel Fusco. Come and check it out. And listen, we'll be back with you real soon. I can't wait. God bless you all. Take care. Jesus is For some people, there's a distinct moment in their lives where God changes everything. And for others, it's more like a gradual shift into something completely different. Today, Pastor Daniel and Billy talked through how Jesus changed Pastor Daniel's life. You learn that everyone has a testimony, a story about how God has brought you to where you are now. Jesus wants everyone to know that he's real and he loves them. We'll have a preview of next week's episode in just a moment. Thanks for listening to the Crazy Happy Podcast with Pastor Daniel Fusco and author and journalist Billy Hallowell. Each week you'll hear discussion on important topics that affect your life now. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and get notified each time we post a new edition of the show. For more information, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Now, here's Josh. Next time, Pastor Daniel and Billy Hallowell will talk about faith and culture with John Cooper, lead singer of the band Skillet. John will share how he got started speaking about issues of faith and truth 
after hearing people say things about faith and Jesus that didn't line up with the Bible. They'll talk about how the church needs to be more about sharing God's love with the world and growing believers in truth and grace. Well, that's all the time we have for today on this special Friday edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. For more information, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Today's broadcast was produced from the Crazy Happy Podcast with Pastor Daniel Fusco and host Billy Hallowell. Be sure to subscribe to the Crazy Happy Podcast today. And be sure to join us again for another edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.